Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of She. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to your very first episode. I am so thankful to have you here. Would love if you hit that subscribe button. I think you're going to want to hang around. We have a lot of fun around here. And if it is not your first time tuning in, welcome back. I'm so glad to have you. If you have not left a rating or review on the show, as you listen today, it's going to be a short and sweet episode. Would you be willing to do that for me? I would love if you can leave a rating or review. That just boosts my mood. It gives us a little encouragement. It supports the show. It helps the show uh, just grow. And it also gives me the encouragement to keep creating new content. So I would love if you can do that. And then for today's episode, we are going to dig into seven things to never feel bad about or seven things to never feel guilty for. I think there's various different disciplines and decisions and things that we need to do a lot of times or that we do in real life or that we, you know, our personality traits or whatever, that maybe we just feel a little weird about, or maybe we feel uncomfortable doing or bad about, perhaps because in our childhood, someone made a comment that made us feel like we shouldn't do that, or it's selfish to do that, or it doesn't meet their expectations of us if we do X, Y, Z, or, you know, anything like that. So that's kind of what I want to cover today. It's going to be short and sweet, really brief, but I hope that this just gives you the little kick in the pants that you need. So without further ado, let's dive into seven things to never feel bad about, guilty for, or uncomfortable doing. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Okay, so I'm just going to dive right in. The first thing to never feel guilty for, bad about, or uncomfortable doing is setting or having boundaries and taking time for yourself. And with this specifically, I think sometimes we think about, like we have probably heard, at least I know I've heard over and over, and I'm sure you have too, the importance of having boundaries and resting and all that cliche stuff. But I think sometimes we only prioritize that or only think about doing that as a means to an end in the sense that we're like, oh, I need to set boundaries and have time for myself so I can be more productive. And it's like, yeah, okay, sure. Because boundaries and taking time for yourself do help you be more productive when you are rested, when you are pouring from a a, a cup that is full and not empty, that absolutely helps you better serve others and be more productive and all that. And that's a great reason. And that's important. But also, can we just set boundaries and take time for ourselves because we're human and we need that restoration time, like for the health of our souls? Like, is it only about productivity and being there for everybody? Or can it also just be because that's how we connect with our creator? Like when we're going nonstop, like for me, when I'm in a really busy season, I'm just kind of like, oh, hey God, good to see you. Bye. Like I'm running off to the next thing. 
Versus when I take time for myself and I take advantage of free time, even if that's just to go for a walk or take a nap or read something, like I don't have to be doing anything like overly churchy. And that's sometimes where I just start talking to God or I feel like he brings something to my mind that I had forgotten about or gives me an idea or whatever. And so, you know, I think, yes, boundaries for the sake of serving others and ultimately being able to pour out boundaries to be able to rest so that we can be more productive, but also just boundaries to rest because we're a human and that's part of our design and what we need. Like that is okay. And I think part of boundaries ultimately is saying no. Like another way to say this one is saying no to things. And saying no without having like a, in air quotes, like excuse, right? Like I'm doing that with my fingers, like excuse. Um, because I think sometimes we feel like if we get invited to an event, let's say we get invited to an event or we are asked to, you know, help with this project, whatever it is, or uh, requested to do something when it comes to volunteering, but we've already got a really full plate or we already are doing certain things like that. And we happen to have a free evening. So when they ask, Hey, on Tuesday evening, do you want to go to dinner? Or do you want to help with this event? Or do you want to do X, Y, Z? And you look at your calendar and technically Tuesday evening is blank. So it's like, I could technically say yes. And I don't have a real excuse to say no. Like I don't have plans. I don't have an appointment. I don't have a meeting. I don't have soccer practice. Like there's nothing that is like truly a reason to say no. Like when they ask if I'm free, I feel like I'm lying if I say I'm not free, right? Like, or if I say like, I'm busy, here's the thing. Just because there's free time on your calendar doesn't mean it's free for anyone or anything. It doesn't mean it's a free for all. That doesn't mean that it's even free. Like that could be dedicated time. If you've got white space on your calendar, that's time that you could spend cleaning your kitchen napping, catching up on your favorite show, doing laundry, doing things that you really want to do or that you've felt behind on or that you know you want to enjoy, going for a walk, playing games with your family. Like You don't have to have something scheduled on the calendar, aka an excuse, to say no. Does that make sense? Like, So I want you to get it through your head, and I have to constantly remind myself of this. Just because it's free Just because I have free time, just because that time is free, just because I have free time doesn't mean it's free. Doesn't mean that I have to do it, do whatever it is. So I just want to encourage you in that, like we were designed as humans for rest. And that doesn't just mean resting at night. Sometimes that means having a chill night and not having an extracurricular or an extra commitment or a social activity or a volunteer activity or whatever, as good as those things are on our calendar. Sometimes it's as simple as just prioritizing rejuvenation, restoration, rest, and being present. That is a commitment on your calendar. That should be a commitment on your calendar. And that is plenty good of a reason to say no to something. Okay. All right. The next thing not to feel guilty for or uncomfortable about or bad about is not responding to an email or text right away. I think if you can get yourself into a rhythm of like, I check my you know, text messages or emails and try to be responsive. I actually had a podcast guest one time, Stacey Tushel. She gave a really good piece of advice. You can probably scroll through the episodes and find that episode, but she gave a really good piece of advice. She said, try to be proactive in the morning and reactive in the afternoon. She said in the morning, you know, your brain and your mind is fresh. You can get up, you can be creative or you can be, you know, as productive as, as you can, you have the most energy, et cetera. In the afternoon, that's where you can be reactive. So the reactive tasks are things like responding, right? correspondence, that kind of stuff. So again, this is if we're talking about it in the context of work, but 
try to have like regular times throughout the week that you just make sure you've gotten back to everyone who's, you know, texted you in the last few days, but you don't have to respond within an hour. I think just in our so digitally connected society, we're like, oh, well, if they see me post on my Instagram story, you know, they should assume that I, or they're going to assume that I'm ignoring them if I don't text them back right away. Well, maybe, but that's, that's not something to apologize for, especially if posting on your Instagram story is part of your job. Like, you know, they might show up to their job. They might see your text come through go about their day working and then get back to you before they leave the office or when they get home that day. You can do the same thing, you know? So again, it, it varies depending on the situation. But my point is, I think we so quickly assume we have to apologize if we don't get back to someone within an hour, an hour or so. We're like, oh my gosh, so sorry for my delay. It's been crazy, you know? And I do this too. Like I'm guilty of it. I'm trying to get better of just saying like, hey, busy week, not ignoring you to answer your question X, Y, Z, right? So you can still say like, I I understand wanting to preface, you know, you don't want someone to feel like you're avoiding them, especially if you accidentally wait two weeks to get back to them, which can happen. But at the same time, you also don't want to feel like you're a slave to your phone, right? You don't want to feel like you're somehow wrong if you aren't on it immediately. So just watch your language and watch the way that you think about things and the way you speak. And if you're starting to notice yourself constantly saying like, sorry, 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 maybe change the way you're saying that, you know, because I think that starts to solidify in our mind. Like if you don't get back to someone right away, you're doing it wrong. And that's not always the case. And if it helps have a couple of regular times throughout the week, maybe it's every day at four o'clock, you do a quick sweep of your inbox and you do a quick sweep of your texts to see if there's anything you haven't gotten back to in the last day or two. And then that's a focused time for you to kind of just get back to everyone, right? And that's something that I've tried to implement more and more. And again, it's not perfect and you don't have to do it perfectly. But if you're just like, hey, once a day or once a week or whatever works for your schedule, I'm going to go through and make sure that there's nothing that's like opened and unresponded to. But that doesn't, but that I I think the healthy part of that is it still gets back to people in a timely fashion without you feeling like every time your phone buzzes, you've got to respond right away. So that's just something to consider. All right. The third thing to never feel guilty for or bad about or uncomfortable doing is speaking up when something makes you uncomfortable. And this is hard because I think it can come across like I think we're sometimes uncomfortable doing it or we're afraid of doing it because we don't want to come across as rude or, you know, as if we're jumping to conclusions or, you know, shaming someone. So it can be difficult, but if you're in a situation and let's say you're in a group of women and it turns into a husband bashing fest, okay? Or it turns into a bashing the friend that didn't show up or not even bashing. Maybe it's not even like outwardly bashing, but it's like even disguised gossip, gossip disguised as concern, gossip disguised as, you know, questions, right? Like, did you see what she's doing? Like, what do you think about that? You know, and you're not, maybe they're not outrightly putting her down, but they may be expressing concern, right? And it just gives you an uncomfortable feeling. Like, I feel like we shouldn't be talking about her if she can't share her own thoughts about this. Or I feel like we shouldn't be like making fun of our husbands for 30 minutes, you know? So, or if so, you know, so in any of those situations, those are just random examples. But if that makes you uncomfortable or you feel like that's not right, or someone makes a comment to you, assuming you believe the same thing as them or that you, you know, should think like them and that doesn't follow your values or your morals, it's okay for you to say like, Hey, I totally hear where you're coming from. And I respect your thoughts on that, but I don't know that this, this is very productive or like speaking up in one way or another. Actually, I don't quite see it the same way. So let's talk about something else. Cause I don't feel like arguing or I don't think it's going to be productive to, you know, discuss it. Cause we just have such different views or, or you could say, Hey, 
this conversation makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I actually think of it differently. Would you like to hear what I think? And that's super uncomfortable because immediately like you're opening yourself up to a debate or someone could get defensive. But at the same time, I think it's better to confidently speak up for what you know to be right. Or, you know, if you're in, if you're being made to feel uncomfortable or you're put in a situation where you're like, mm, I don't like how they're talking to me. I don't like how that guy's talking to me. That makes me feel disrespected. I don't like that they're gossiping about so-and-so. Like that's an opportunity for you to stand up and say something in a kind, respectful and, and productive way. A way you might do that is just kind of redirecting the conversation or moving, right? You don't always have to like criticize them, but you might say like, Hey, let's talk about something else. That's all you have to say. Let's say you're in this situation where four women are gossiping about the fifth friend who didn't show up or, you know, who they're concerned about or whatever. If you start feeling uncomfortable, you might say like, yeah, guys, like we don't know the whole story though. Maybe we should wait till she's here to talk to us. Like totally understand your concern. I know you probably have great intentions. I know you have great intentions or good intentions, but since she's not here, I don't know. We could be missing a lot of context, right? So let's just talk about something else. What's going on in your life, right? Or like, what do you think about X, Y, Z and pull up something completely different? That's a way to speak up without necessarily putting someone else down as you're trying to stop them from putting someone down, right? You don't want to put them on the defense or make them feel like you're attacking them or like you're judging them for expressing their own opinion about something, right? So that's a way you could do that. But don't feel guilty about it or weird about it or bad about it because that's not something that's wrong. And if someone makes you feel like it is, that's not your fault. All right. Number four, fourth thing not to feel guilty for or bad about, not knowing the answer to something. And to like, in a way, when you first hear that, you might think, yeah, that's kind of obvious. <laughs> but I think sometimes we feel this pressure to have all the answers, especially if we're in a new work role or are in a new environment and we want to impress the boss or we want to impress a client or we want to, you know, impress our mother-in-law or whatever. I think sometimes we try to, you know, we hesitate to admit when we don't know, I guess is a better way to say it. And I think the reason for that is because we feel like, well, then I'm not going to live up to their expectation or I'm going to look dumb or they're going to judge me, or maybe this is something I was supposed to know. But I think nine times out of 10, maybe nine and a half times out of 10 times, People actually respect us more when we can admit we don't know than when we try to act like we do or come up with something that's clearly not the right answer, right? It's almost like more embarrassing because they're like, okay, now you're just trying to make it seem like you know when you don't know. So it's okay to say like, actually, I'm not sure. Could you teach me? Or like, actually, you know, like I have a general idea, but I've never really looked into this enough or like I haven't studied it enough or I've, I'm still just learning. Can you give me a refresher? Or what would you do in this situation? Because I have no idea what to do. Or I have some ideas, but I'm not sure any of them are right. I would love your feedback. Like that shows humility. That shows that you're human and not a know-it-all. And most of the time, most of the time, if you're dealing with a reasonable human being, they're going to not only understand that, but they're going to respect that. So this idea that like, you know, there's something wrong with you if you don't know what you think you're supposed to know, whether that's something you should be doing as a mom, but it's your first time being a mom or something you should be doing with your home, but it's the first time that you ever owned a home or something you should be doing at work, but that you're still pretty new to the role with. So you don't really, you're not super familiar with the process. And even though you were trained, it's like totally different in practice. You can even say that like, Hey, I remember this from my training, but I, you know, and I went through it, but in practice, I'm having a hard time remembering like, or doing this well. Can you, can you show me what this could look like in a real life example or something like that? Like, but we just assume like, because I'm in this role, I should have these answers. And I know I do this sometimes. Like, and I, I'm so quick to like buck any feedback. I'm like, no, I, I got it. Right. 
And so I've had to slowly learn, like, you've got to ask and it's okay to ask. No one's judging you for asking. In fact, I think they actually usually want to help and they're, they respect that. Like they know you don't know. So stop pretending, you know, right. Don't feel bad about not having every answer, especially if you are, you know, even another situation might be if a friend's asking for advice on a really hard issue, it might be hard to feel like I have nothing to offer you. Like I've never been in a situation like this, or I have no experience with this, or this is not something I should be speaking to you. Like you need a lawyer or a doctor or a therapist or whatever. Like, I think what's hard is when you love someone and you want to help them and you want to provide them with like next steps. It's so hard to be like, I really don't know what to do. Cause they want, they don't know what to do and they're looking to somebody for direction, someone they trust. And so when you're in that position or that role as the person they trust and they're looking to for guidance or support or, you know, direction and you don't have anything to offer them, it can be really hard and you can feel bad. But I think if you find yourself in a position like that where you don't know the answer or you don't feel qualified or prepared to say what you think, then I think the best answer to give them is like, you know, first validate their feelings and say like, this is really hard. And I'm so sorry you're experiencing this, or I wish this wasn't happening to you, or this isn't fair or whatever. I completely validate that. And I just, I can only imagine what you're experiencing and how frustrating or difficult or hard or whatever this is. I really feel like your next step might be consulting with a specialist or consulting with a business coach or whatever situation they may be. And so point your answer might be pointing them to the professional, which allows you to basically say, I don't know the answer, but this is somebody who may, right? So that may be a way to do it too. Did you know that 85% of the grass-fed beef in stores is imported from overseas? I know, I was shocked when I found that out too. You would actually struggle to find American meat in the store, even if you tried. Here's why. The product of the USA tag isn't exactly what you think it is. Foreign countries can actually process their meat here and then label it like it came from the USA, when in reality, it was only processed here. Because of these labeling laws that favor foreign imported meat, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed since 2015. Good Ranchers has been turning this around for four years now by selling 100% American meat. When they say product of the USA, they mean it and can prove it. As I've been on my wellness journey over the last year or two, one thing that I've become really conscious about is where I'm sourcing my food. I want to know where it's coming from, the quality that it truly is. And it can be hard to find companies that do what they actually say they're doing and that are reliable and trustworthy and that provide the quality. So what I love about Good Ranchers when I discovered them recently is that not only do they support American farms and they're 100% American meat, but they also only sell steakhouse quality. Their beef is all USDA graded prime and choice, which is the highest grades beef can receive. Good Ranchers sells the best steaks, gourmet burgers, chicken, seafood, and more. And you can even get those crave-worthy boning cuts like T-bones, porterhouses, and ribeyes from them. Plus, their pre-marinated chicken makes meal prep so easy and tasty, which takes the stress out of dinner making. And I am all about stress-free and efficiency when it comes to meal prep and nourishment and all the things we have to do with our lives to feed ourselves and live the busy lives that we do. On top of that, Good Ranchers is also about half the price of those other online meat guys. Your dollar just goes further with them which I love. And I just wish I would have learned about this brand so much earlier in my journey. But here we are. We know about it now. Lastly, Good Ranchers donates 10 meals to families in need for every box purchased so you can do good and eat good at the same time. They have donated over 500,000 meals to date and since they started, which is amazing. 
If you want to give Good Ranchers a try, which I highly recommend doing, go to GoodRanchers.com slash Jordan and save $20 or better yet, subscribe and save on each box of mouthwatering American meats that will show up on schedule right to your door. Again, get $20 off and free express shipping if you go to GoodRanchers.com slash Jordan or use the code Jordan at checkout. That's $20 off and free express shipping at GoodRanchers.com slash Jordan. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. 
The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Okay. The fifth thing not to feel weird about or guilty for is having big dreams or having a lot of dreams. If you're somebody who has a lot of ideas and, you know, is creative and a go-getter and has a lot of enthusiasm for a lot of things, like I'm talking to you, my Enneagram threes and sevens. Um, but, you know, if you're that kind of person where you just have a lot of dreams or a lot of ideas or a lot of irons in the fire, or you've got some big dreams that to others seem a little unrealistic, or maybe you appear a little bit unfocused or distracted or indecisive, you don't need to feel bad for that. Like no one else is living your life, but you, and like maybe you and your spouse or you and your small family, like, like your immediate family, not small family, your immediate family. So this, you know, I think sometimes we don't even share some of our dreams or visions or aspirations or ideas because we are so afraid for them to be shot down or, or, or we might feel or might be afraid that others will compare themselves to us. Like if someone doesn't have a big dream or doesn't have a lot of irons in the fire or ideas or things going on and they're a good friend of ours, like I've caught myself doing this at times where I'm like, I'm just not going to share with them like what I want to try to do because I don't want them to think that I'm like trying to be better than them. You know, you don't want them to feel uncomfortable just because they may not have the same aspirations or desires or understand it. So I guess my point is if someone says you're indecisive because you have a lot of, a a lot of ideas or dreams or irons in the fire, or if you have a big idea or a big dream that almost seems a little out there and you feel like just weird talking about it because it's something that others maybe don't relate to or understand or even think is possible. And especially maybe if you're talking to someone who's like not in a position to be able to go after a dream like that and you are, you may not share it with them because you feel like, well, if they, you know, I, I feel bad for even being able to dream this way. Like they can't, you know, whatever. That doesn't mean like, it's definitely one thing to be sensitive to who you're talking to and to be cognizant of like, this might not be something to share with them because it's not going to benefit anyone. Like they're not going to understand it. And I'm not going to like, maybe it's just not the situation or the conversation to share this in. That's okay. Like it's okay. And it's fine to be cognizant to be sensitive of other people. It's another thing to hold yourself back entirely or somehow feel bad for having the ability that you do or the opportunity that you might have or whatever, just because someone else doesn't share it or can't relate to it or whatever. So try to look at it through the lens of I can be sensitive to and I can support others in their own journey when it comes to this stuff, but I don't need to feel guilty if I have a big dream that others don't quite understand or share or relate to, or if I have a lot of dreams. Like, just because someone might think I'm indecisive doesn't mean I need to feel bad about that because that's the way God made my brain. And I can learn to focus. I can be guided in that way. I can learn to steward one thing before jumping to the other, but it doesn't mean I only have to do one thing with my life because that's what, you know, some teacher back in ninth grade told me I was supposed to do. Right. Okay. Sixth thing not to feel guilty for uncomfortable doing or bad about standing in your values or standing, staying true to your values, even when it's unpopular, you know, culture is crazy right now. The world is cray cray, quite literally. So if you find yourself in situations where like you have to choose between your values and what you know to be right and something that, you know, whether that's someone's approval, a job opportunity or something else, always, always, always choose your values and don't apologize for it. There's a lot of talk in the internet right now and just in the world in general about like, don't apologize. Like you don't owe anyone an apology. No, there are certainly things to apologize for. When you mess up, when you're wrong, when you hurt someone, you know, when you cheat, when you are dishonest, whatever, there are absolutely times to humble yourself and apologize. However, staying true to your values, even if it offends somebody or they don't like it, is not something to apologize for. 
Because when you can stand and I can identify right and wrong, I am clear and I, I know where I draw my line. I know where the line is drawn and I know the difference between right and wrong. And I'm not going to bend or compromise to have the approval of others, to get the promotion, to do whatever. That's hard. And usually the hard way is the holy way. And what I mean by that is usually the thing that is unpopular, the right? It's like the narrow path is what Jesus talked about, right? The, the, I think it's, what do you say? The path to heaven is narrow. The road to heaven is narrow. And, and I think we quickly can, we can quickly fall to the, to the wide path because it's a little bit easier. But if you find yourself in a situation where you're the only one with the unpopular opinion, there's something to be said about that. Now, I'm not saying don't receive wise counsel. I'm not saying don't listen to other people's viewpoints. And I'm not saying have a prideful heart. Like I'm right. You're wrong. No, 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 no. Like you may be wrong. You may be wrong. And it's okay to like admit that if you are, like if you're listening and you've got several friends who are saying like, no, this is really not what's right for you. And here's why. And they have sound reasons for that. Then yes, listen to that. Right. But what I mean is if you know something to be right and you can even back that up scripturally, truly, and not like bending scripture to like fit your agenda, but like truly can back that up with what's in black and white in the text and not like twisted to meet whatever you want it to meet because we can all try to do that. It is so much more important to choose what's right, even if other people make you feel bad about it, try to guilt you for it, try to shame you for it, try to talk you out of it, than it is to choose what's popular, period. All right, last one. Seventh thing to not feel guilty for or bad about is having high standards, holding yourself to high standards. You know, sometimes people, especially I think people who are insecure, they'll look at somebody who may be holding themselves to a high standard, whether that's when it comes to their health or when it comes to their goals and aspirations, their work, whatever it is. If they're holding themselves to high standards or in their relationships or the guy that they're dating or whatever, someone who may not have held themselves to a high standard or may have compromised in one area or another maybe they are a friend of yours and maybe you hold, maybe you hold, you're holding yourself to high standards and they're going, okay, just let it go. Just date the guy. Like you just, it doesn't matter. Like that's such a, you know, like if you have people like that in your life, you can start to go, maybe I'm being unrealistic. And, and maybe you are, there is a, there is a difference. And I do have an episode on the difference between high standards and unrealistic expectation expectations. So be sure to give that a listen. If you're having a hard time discerning, like, am I holding to a high standard or am I starting to step into the territory of unrealistic expectations? There is a difference. But my point is, I think sometimes when we hold ourselves to high standards and other people around us, like that surround us, whether they're friends or family or whatever, who maybe haven't held themselves to that standard, that can sometimes make them feel uncomfortable or insecure or, you know, point out like the areas that maybe they're not holding themselves to a high standard. That's not your job to judge them. Let them live their life, but they may may say things to kind of deflect the insecurity or the feeling that that's creating in them watching you do that. They may say like, why do you have to eat so healthy? Or why do you have to do X, Y, Z? Or, you know, uh, they may, they may make comments that make you feel like you're being too, too extreme, too disciplined. You're, you know, you're just not relatable, whatever. And Maybe that's true. So run that by a couple of friends. Maybe you are holding yourself to the point where it's like, okay, this is kind of an obsession now and it's not healthy. But a lot of the time, it's just people projecting their own insecurities onto you, especially if you know like, no, this is really what's best for me and it's what makes me feel good and it's what I know is healthiest, whether that's holding out for a guy who respects you and treats you well or taking care of your body by moving, you know, moving every day or 
trying to eat a well-balanced diet or whatever that looks like. Having high standards and holding yourself to high standards isn't something to feel bad about just because others around you may not share that same discipline, may not choose to do that for themselves. And if they project those you know, feelings of insecurity onto you, it's not something that you need to stop doing just to make them more comfortable. You don't need to hold back your God-given potential to make other people more comfortable. Did you hear that? You don't need to hold back your God-given potential to make other people more comfortable. It's wise to receive counsel, to seek counsel, to make sure that the disciplines that you may be holding yourself to or the standards you may be holding yourself or your relationship or what have you to are reasonable and healthy and not obsessive or extreme or unrealistic. So seek wise counsel from people who also have high standards, people who share your values and morals, not people who have no idea why you're doing what you're doing or can't relate or don't have any kind of discipline in their own life. Try to seek counsel from people who have a healthy balance, who have a healthy approach to, you know, things like health, relationships, finances, et cetera, and get their input so that you can make sure, you know, whether it's a spiritual mentor or a financial mentor or both or whatever, like try to get some feedback to make sure that you're not striving to the point where you are trying to control everything in your life. But I don't think that holding yourself to a higher standard, a kingdom standard, being a good steward is the same thing as striving and unrealistic expectations. It can quickly turn into that. So you have to be careful and you need people to hold you accountable, but people that are not doing it out of their own insecurity, trying to trip you up and make you fall and make you feel bad about doing something that they're not doing. There's a difference. So seek that counsel use discernment and don't be afraid to have high standards and be a good steward. Okay. I need to take a deep breath. We just got through seven things never to feel guilty for bad about or uncomfortable doing. These are important. And these are important because I think sometimes we almost like accidentally and unintentionally feel bad or uncomfortable or weird about these things, mostly because other people make us feel that way. Whether that's, you know, something someone told us in our childhood or something that a friend, you know, casually said to us because they didn't understand what we were doing or why we were doing it that way or didn't share the same, you know, way of thinking or seeing the world when it comes to like pursuing goals or, you know, having big vision or whatever. They may not share that same way of thinking. And so to them, it just seems silly. And they may say that. And then you might think, or, or, they can't relate and they want to relate. And so their insecurity might project it onto you. Like, why would you even do that? Like, that's, you know, you're going to, you're going to neglect your family or you're going to da da da. And all of a sudden you might be like, oh my gosh, and I'm making them uncomfortable. And they're telling me all these areas I could fail. And maybe I shouldn't be so silly and dream so big, right? Like whatever it looks like, maybe I shouldn't be selfish and just stay home because I don't really have anything to do tonight. So I should say yes and go to this volunteer project. Like whatever that looks like, we often feel bad about these things because of subtle voices and subtle lies that kind of sneak in and just comments that were made kind of in passing or in various conversations in our life, they can make us feel like, I don't want to let anyone down. I don't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable. I don't want to appear selfish, right? Because I want to be a cert. I want to be a good steward. I want to be servant hearted. I want to make a difference in the world. But here's the thing. These, just these seven things, doing these or being, you know, standing up for what you believe to be right or having a lot of dreams or holding yourself to high standards or having boundaries, like those things, just by doing those things or having those things doesn't mean that you can't make a difference in the world. Doesn't mean you can't be a good steward. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. So anyways, my point is 
consider the areas or if any of these seven things are things that maybe you catch yourself apologizing for or feeling a little uncomfortable about or bad about and ask yourself why. Like, where is that coming from? And then say, if I had a friend saying that they felt guilty about this or bad about it or weird about it, what advice would I give them? And then speak that into yourself. And if you need to give this a re-listen, go back to the one or two that maybe stood out to you most that maybe you struggle with feeling bad about, replay it, re-listen to it, listen to it on repeat until you get it through your head that like, this isn't wrong. And I can do it in a way that is peaceful, fruitful, productive, and kind and still true to what I know to be right or true to who I am and who God made me to be. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.